It's January 26, 2022, and welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we'll have Jonathan Kim, and he is with Terraformation. He's representing the UH uh, PACE folks, and he's here to tell us about an upcoming Entrepreneur Live event with David Hijirita, and he is the uh, president over at Acorns, and we'll find out about that. And then we'll be joined by Michael Ann uh, Rogandino from Rocket Communications. We'll catch up with her about uh, all the things she's been doing since the last time I talked to her. And, of course, uh, we'll talk about user interface, SBIR, and the uh, Space Pitch Day. Now, first off, I wanted to let you know that the um, the HTDC Tech Job Fair, which was uh, supposed to happen, I think, last Friday, is going to happen on February 4th. Uh, that's uh, not this Friday, but next Friday. And that's going to be from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And uh, they needed to move it to move it to another date because of some technical difficulties. But if you are able to join, you can certainly uh, register and get uh, uh, get you know get some exposure to some of the companies that are looking for uh, new hires. And of course, uh, you can check it out at htdc.org/slash/techjobfair. And I shall put that up on the show notes for later on uh, this evening. And, of course, right now I want to welcome uh, Jonathan Kim from Terraformation. And he is uh, here with, um, uh, I guess, representing PACE. And PACE is the Pacific Asian uh, Center for Entrepreneurship. And uh, there's a there's an event coming up called Entrepreneurship Live with uh, David Hijirita from Acorns and uh Jonathan, I want to welcome you to welcome you to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. So, Jonathan, uh, you know, first off, uh, before we get into the the whole uh, pace thing, I mean, what is Terraformations? Yeah, Terraformation is what we we call it a fourth accelerator. So, maybe a lot of listeners here have probably heard of climate change. Mm-hmm. Uh, our mission is to reverse climate change, and we do that by Helping people plant trees at scale. So you uh, we said believe that reforestation is yeah. You said forest a, a forest accelerator, right? Exactly. Yeah. So we help people plant trees and create forests really fast. And and uh, is is uh, terraformation located here in Hawaii, or are uh, what's the geographic kind of coverage of of terraformation? Yeah, so headquartered here in Hawaii, I think about 30% of our staff, so maybe 30 or 40 people or so based here in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a number of sites mainly on the Big Island where we're doing uh, reforestation of native species. And then the rest of our team is distributed globally throughout the world. We've got a lot of people on the mainland. We've got people in Europe and France. Uh, we've got people in uh, Singapore. So it's a global mission with a global team. So so when you have people here, they're focused on... on uh... Uh, outplanting here in Hawaii, and then your team that's distributed elsewhere, uh, for the most part, is is uh, doing very similar things in that region. Uh, yeah, we also we have a, a number of different departments. So we've got people doing finance. We've got my team is the product team. So we um, build hardware and software products, and uh, it's pretty evenly distributed throughout Hawaii and throughout the rest of the world. So we've got engineers writing code here in Hawaii. We've got designers. Um, and uh, we're, we're really passionate. I'm personally really passionate about building up those skill sets here on the island. That's great. So how how long have you uh, how well how long has the terraformation been around? 
uh, just about two years now. I think 2020 was when the company was started. And and uh, it had it uh, it had its roots in Hawaii, and and maybe that's the connection with Pace. I mean, did you guys kind of get born out of uh, uh, the University of Hawaii? Not born out of the University of Hawaii. Our CEO Yishan Wong and a few of our founders uh, live on the Big Island, and uh, just had a similar affinity for Hawaii, and and wanted to do something about climate change, and so it kind of serendipitously happened here. Um, but, you know, I, I actually met our CEO, Yishan, because he was speaking at an entrepreneurship camp in the Big Island mm-hmm. called um, Naolukai. Okay, Naolukai, yeah. Think, yeah. Yeah, I think he and I share a similar love for trying to build up entrepreneurs here in Hawaii. Uh, yeah, you know, He was the ex-CEO of Reddit and early PayPal. So I think both of us see that vision here, which is kind of what brought me to Pace. And so uh, in terms of Pace, so what is your role at Pace? Are you, are you just a, sort of a supporter or are you part of their uh, uh, maybe instructor crew? I mean, what, what, what role do you play at Pace? Yeah, I'm just, a, I'm just a local guy here, you know, trying to help bring the next generation of entrepreneurs. So I don't work for Pace. I'm, I'm not really affiliated with them in any way, but um, I love the program that they've got there, and I want to see more entrepreneurs here in Hawaii. So a friend of mine named Cindy Wu, uh, mm-hmm. she's a great entrepreneur, uh, made a couple companies out of YC, and she's also here in Hawaii, and the two of us, she actually had the idea of wanting to get involved with Pace. And so the two of us together are, are starting to do this series where we interview people primarily from the islands, uh, people who grew up here and then went off and started companies uh, or are you know, running companies that are successful that we think could be great models for other people at the university. So that gets us to Entrepreneurship Live. Is, is uh, this Entrepreneurship Live uh, been going on for a while now? Yeah, Entrepreneurship Live has been going on for, I believe, a number of years. And Cindy and I got the chance to, you know, run a, a little segment of it mm-hmm. with our own speakers that we're bringing in. So we're really fortunate for the team that's been running it for a while that we get to step into a really well-run machine here. Great. And tell us about uh, David uh, Hijirida and, and, and why is he uh, notable? I mean, I'm just looking at the, the company Acorn, and Acorns is, is a, great, a great name because, you know, from an acorn you build a, I mean, you can grow an oak tree. So tell us a little bit about uh, David and, and why he is an important speaker to have people hear from. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm a really huge David fan because uh, David and I, I we kind of got connected when I think he first moved back here. Mm-hmm. Um, David's a, a local guy here, you know, grew up in Hawaii, on uh, Oahu, went to Punahou, and then went off to school in the mainland and then had a really good track record in finance got a degree in physics from Cornell, um, and, uh, and yeah, he's just kind of gone on to do some really amazing things working at a pioneer company called uh, Simple Finance, where they were one of the early trailblazers in consumer financial services, and now he's the CEO over at Acorn's 500-person company, probably on track to IPO in the next couple of years, and um, I think he's going to be exactly the kind of entrepreneur I'd love to see happen more out of Hawaii. Yeah, and that's that's great, and and uh, he is actually living here as a CEO, running this five uh, hundred person company uh, from Hawaii. I think that's a that's a great story, and and maybe just share a little bit about what does Acorns do. Yeah, so Acorns started out as a, a microfinancing platform, micro investing platform. So, uh, you know, it's for everyday consumers to sort of organize their financial lives and and benefit from things like compounding interest and, and diversification. Uh, and so it's kind of making those sophisticated financial decisions and responsible saving decisions accessible to everybody. 
And uh, it was similar to what was going on over at Simple Finance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's cool to see David take it to the next level and, and bring some of that knowledge and expertise here to the island. Oh, that's great. And and uh, you're going to be one of the, uh, I guess, uh, moderators. I mean, what what? give us a sense of kind of the questions that you might want to ask him and and uh, get him to share with, uh, you know, with the audience. Yeah, I my favorite way to do this and sort of thankfully David and I have known each other for some time now and Cindy and I have known each other for some time is just to have a mana'o and mm-hmm. um, and talk talk story you now there in person and pull out some of the things that shaped him early on as you know somebody going up in Hawaii, the role models he looked up to, what made him leave, what made him come back, and what he thinks is really important for the next generation uh, to start doing now to set themselves up for equal success. That's great. So That's I'm really great. excited about it. I think it's going to be great. So so tell us, when when and where is this taking place? Yeah, so it's coming up really soon. So it's Thursday, February 3rd. So it's not this Thursday, not tomorrow, but the week after. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be a virtual event. So people can sign up online from Pace's website. You can go there and RSVP. We've got, I think, over, at this point, almost 100 people signed up. So uh, thankfully it's online and it's not in a, in a confined space. Great. So I'll uh, I'll put that link up on the show notes for later on, and uh, people can sign up. And uh, it sounds exciting. I, I I really like to learn more about what Acorns does, and and of course uh, uh, I'm happy to have you on and and learn then learn more about the terraformation. So that's great. Great to have you, and of course Mahalo, Jonathan, for joining us. Appreciate that. Thank you for having me, Bert. And of course we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Michael Ann Rogandino from Rocket Communications, and uh, she's here to talk about user interface, SBIR, and the Space Pitch Day. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Anchor Systems Hawaii. Welcome back to Bite Marsh Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm happy to welcome Michael Ann Rogandino, founder of Rocket Communications. He's here to tell us about uh, the work she's doing in, in user experience, the uh, small business innovation and research, and, of course, something called the Space Pitch Day. I want to welcome Michael Ann to Bite Marsh Cafe. Well, hey, Bart. And, you know, Michael Ann, I mean, uh, we've uh, had you on before. It's been a while, and, and of course, uh, if any of our listeners remember our conversation, uh, gosh, I can't even remember how many years ago it was <laughs> about, <laughs> about Shaky Planet. I mean, and that was pretty cool. I mean, it was, you know, it was like these digital tokens that you could you could uh, collect. Now, of course, there's, you know, these things called NFTs. But, you know, what, what have you been doing since Shaky Planet? Well, since kicking myself for not being a billionaire, being head <laughs> of the NFT thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, actually, um, I still have my company, Rocket Communications. Um, I actually was running Rocket while we are doing Shaky Planet. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's what I've been doing. Actually, this year is our 30th anniversary for Rocket, which is crazy to think about. Um, well, that's great, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Rocket's an enterprise user experience design company. Mm-hmm. Um, it was started in San Francisco, but I've been running it here from Hawaii since uh, 2002. I remember you telling me about a project that you were working with uh, some of the hotels and uh, coming up with ways of designing user user experiences when when people go into their hotel rooms. Is that was that something that uh, 
how did that how did that uh, evolve or, or what if what have you been doing in that sort of tourism sector well that was for the um, peninsula hotels mm-hmm. in um in uh hong kong or right? anyway it was a interface that was associated with not just working in those rooms but also with the interior design uh, programs that they're putting together and that, God, that was a long time ago. But <laughs> well, it's been a while since I... <laughs> I had to, like, think about that. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm dredging up really all these memories. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, of course, you know, that kind of gives, gives our, our listeners a sense of, you know, like, uh, how long you've been doing this. And, and of course, the last time that I, I spoke to you was quite some time ago. And so, you know, tell us a little bit about the work that you do. I mean, this whole area of, of user interface, user experience, I mean, it's it's all about how... Uh, the user is going to interact with this technology. So what what exactly do you do? I know you consult and, and uh, you advise. Kind of kind of give us a sense of some of the the um, projects that you've been working on. Well, sure. Uh, the majority of our customers are large enterprises. Mm-hmm. And what we do is uh, help make the technology that they have, which is usually, you know, the cutting-edge technology or the dominant technology in their industry, but make it more accessible to the users. Uh, a lot of these larger companies have um, technology that is sometimes a decade old. And while the market that they're in is, you know, they dominate it, new companies are coming in with uh, newer technologies that aren't necessarily as good, but the interfaces are better. Mm-hmm. So what we do is, for, for most of these companies, is we're um, uh, transforming their legacy applications to be more modern. Um, but then some of our companies, like the ones that we're working with now, are um, the U.S. Space Force. So it's, I guess it's really the same thing, but just a much larger enterprise. So so uh, before we get to the Space Force, I mean, like, uh, is there a sector that you primarily focus on in terms of these these enterprise clients? Um, well, mostly we've been working actually in space for the last five years, but we also work with um, biomedical companies, mm-hmm. uh, scientific instruments, um, finance. So it really is more about those larger uh, technology systems that almost everything that we're working with is um, doing a positive impact on the world mm-hmm. and important. So the interfaces are sometimes really essential for people, whether it's their physical security or their financial security. And those are the types of products that we work on. So in, in terms of your uh, having uh, being based in Hawaii, I mean, do you are there are there benefits or are there any kind of uh, challenges being being based in Hawaii? I mean, how do you overcome getting to these enterprise customers? Well, first of all, we, we all know the benefits of living in Hawaii. Yep. So uh, that's there. But the, the challenge really is more about, um, I think, having the right team. And I've been really fortunate in building a team that's both here in Hawaii and on the mainland. Mm-hmm. And then through networking um, with, with those people as, as well as myself and Prior to the pandemic, I did do a lot of traveling to meet face-to-face with our customers. But I will say that the majority of people, especially now, are used to working remotely anyway. So um, it really hasn't been a big problem at all for us. Well, that's great. And, you know, I I remember talking with you before, and I know travel was a a big, big part of your 
sort of daily routine or weekly or monthly routine. And, and of course, uh, yeah, the pandemic, I'm glad, has uh, gotten everybody used to doing more more Zoom calls and you don't have to you know, <laughs> waste a whole lot of time, you know, traveling from here to there. But it's always, it still is good to get some of that, you know, face-to-face, person-to-person kind of time to develop a relationship. Now, now uh, Michael Ann, you know, when you start talking about the space industry, I mean, what is it that... Give us some examples uh, before. Don't, don't, don't. I'm going to save the the tease around uh, the space pitch day. But what kind of what kind of space uh, projects have you gotten into? And and um, maybe what was your entree into the the whole space industry? Well, sure. Um, we were really fortunate uh, about being at the right place at the right time. In 2015, we were asked to help solve uh, a user experience problem with a, a large suite of applications that the, the space operators actually rejected because the interface was too hard to use. And so they asked us to create guidelines for um, at the next version of it, um, user experience guidelines. Mm-hmm. And while we were, were doing the research on that, we saw a breadth of applications that were being used to run our satellite system and realized that the problem this one suite of apps had was pervasive across all of the applications. They're all um, designed by engineers. I, I use the word designed loosely. <laughs> and, um, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, especially with younger operators who are used to their iPhone, they were having a really hard time training people. And uh, just, the, as you can imagine, the spaghetti of keeping all these different types of applications up to date. So... We saw this problem, and I, I personally went around and started letting people know that there was an enterprise solution to making all of their interfaces common. And we ended up with the Space Force support creating a design system, a professional um, world-class user experience design system called Astro for them to use to um, start making all of their applications have a common user interface. And, and so that was the, the entree into working with the Space Force was um, persuading them that they needed an enterprise approach to user experience design and them trusting us to actually help them with it. Now, in terms of, uh, you know, this entree into the space industry and, and as you start to talk about these applications that, uh, I guess, manage the, the satellite inventory that's out there, you bring up a great point. I mean, if they were designed by engineers, they probably are like a, you know, command line interface. <laughs> so I, I kind of pretty close. Yeah, I can imagine <laughs> that. You know, with the applications today, it's much more. Uh, I think uh, you know, having it be more visual is is a is a really great thing. So you know, I, I do want to get to the the space pitch day and and how you really caught the interest of, of some of the um, judges during that kind of an event. So we want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Michael Ann Rogandino, founder of Rocket Communications. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Native Books and PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe on HPR One. I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, uh, we're talking to Michael Ann Rogandino, founder of Rocket Communications. And, uh, of course, we're talking about user interface 
uh, Small Business Innovation Research and, of course, the Space Pitch Day. And, you know, right before the break, uh, we were talking about some of the applications, the uh, kind of the maybe the legacy interfaces that some of these applications uh, use to to interface the or maybe uh, uh, control or understand the inventory of, of satellites out there. And, and um, you know, I think that's a, a great place for a lot of uh, innovation, Michael Ann. And, and, and just from, from the work that you were doing there, did it, was it, was it uh, simply moving to a more graphic oriented user interface or there must've been more to it that, that uh, went into finding that, that sort of common ground for all of these applications? Uh, sure. Um, the, the majority of the applications that are being built for managing satellites in uh, actually at the DOD right now are web uh, interfaces. Mm-hmm. And there are common conventions for user experience using web applications, but there's still a lot of differences. You don't see exactly identical web apps very often. There's a lot of commonality, though. And so what we've done is, is help them bring commonality to these applications. And at the same time, in doing that, we are designing uh, several applications that are being used by Space Force. So, you know, the data visualization, the uh, graphical user interfaces are really important for the operators or any users of app applications to understand you know, what it is that they're, they're working on. And yet, the the old applications were some of them actually were command line, and well, fortunately, they're getting replaced really quickly. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, Michael Ann, you're the first one on Bite Marks Cafe to talk uh, firsthand about the Space Force. Now, you know, we we heard about Space Force. We've it, it, it was in the news primarily, you know, during the uh, the the Trump era. Uh, what does Space Force do? Are they are they, uh, uh, you know, an arm of the Air Force, or is it they're separate? They're a separate entity, and and uh, and what is their focus? Yeah, so the Space Force is an arm of the Air Force, much like the Marines are an arm of the Navy. Mm-hmm. And what what they decided to do was actually consolidate our space um, military defense programs. Uh, prior to Space Force, each one of the different branches had their own space. I guess you could say programs. Mm-hmm. And I'm not exactly sure what part of the transition they're in right now, but because of the importance of our, our space um, systems, you know, that it is, and that the United States is the dominant player in space, it's really important that we maintain that. We do have a lot of adversaries out there, and you could think of the, the three key adversaries that we, we have mm-hmm. in space. And so in order to consolidate effort and make sure that there was unification across the, the whole DOD when it comes to space. That's why they created the Space Force. And it had actually been a, a concept for several years. And it finally, you know, in 20, I guess it was 2020, is when they finally pulled the trigger and, and made it happen. That's great. Okay, so uh, tell me about Space Pitch Day. Sure. Well, Space Pitch Day is part of the SBIR program, Mm -hmm. and it was created to bring technology, outside technology and capabilities into the Space Force. So it's a way for the government to put aside a small grant that enable, hopefully, um, smaller, innovative companies 
be able to bring their products uh, into the government. As anybody who's worked on uh, or with the government in general, getting on contract is an incredibly laborious and painful experience. Mm-hmm. And this is an effort to try and, and circumvent that and, and make it easier for people to, to start to work with the government. So on the so, first on the first pitch uh, space pitch day, what was the did they give you a framework for a, a challenge or was it uh, pretty open to whatever you wanted to pitch uh, for that particular event? Um, for for us, there was I, I believe that the the first ones that we won were on open topics, mm-hmm. and then the ones for space pitch day, if I'm remembering correctly, because we've done several of these recently. That was actually a specific topic for 3D visualization of uh, space assets and working in space. And so that's what we submitted was a solution for uh, space operators to have a three-dimensional version of what they were working on when they're trying to do calculations for, uh, in this case, it could have been conjunctions or collisions with with satellites. And so the the recent... um event that you got an actual recognition in the form of an award uh, was something called the uh, Space Awareness Communications and, and Maneuver Evaluation. Was that, was that the challenge that came out of this, uh, the Space Pitch Day? It was, yes. And we've run the first phase, which is a contract to do your research and uh, actually find a customer within the Space Force. And we were successful at that and then won the phase two and are now working on our prototype. So so uh, in terms of the pitch day, um, what are, you know, by winning a pitch day, what, what was it that you were able to win? And then how did you go about getting a customer? I mean, did they help you, intro- did they introduce you to some of the folks at the Space Force? Well, fortunately, we know people over there from having worked with um, this uh Space and Systems Command organization, mm-hmm. which that's the organization responsible for um, purchasing and, and managing, uh, in this case, those satellites and, and all the different systems that are used by the Space Force. And we've been working with them for a few years now. So we knew who needed what. And when we won the, the Space Pitch Day, we um, had a few different customers in mind that we thought would be interested in the technology. And fortunately, we were correct. So <laughs> That's great. Us. Yeah, yeah. And then, so what is what does SBIR provide you? I mean, you said it kind of provides you with some some funds to get to a certain point, and then you go to another phase, and there's a little bit more funds. I mean, we're, at what phase are you right now? We're at phase two, and we got a uh, relatively significant amount of money to build out a prototype. Um, you know, so the, the first part, the first phase, is a relatively small amount of money to. Find your customer essentially, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the, the second phase is to have your your prototype built out, and then when you get to a phase three, that means you've actually found a customer. And a phase three is sort of uh, equivalent to an open contract that you have a lot smaller hurdle to be able to do business for that specific capability when filling it back to space force. Well, you know, Michael Ann, this is a great story, and I'm glad you are able to tell it, and I, I do want to continue to have this conversation, but, you know, we've almost run out of time. <laughs> so, Michael Ann, where can people find out more about Rocket Communications and this, uh, this great project that you're working on? Yeah, we're, um, our URL is rocketcom.com. That's rocketcom.com. 
Got it. I'll put that put that up on our show notes for later on tonight. Michael Ann Rogandino, founder of Rocket Communications, and I want to thank you for joining us today. And of course, thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we'll learn about an innovating and about innovating and scaling from local to global. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You stay safe. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you.